0: Hi everyone, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host, Gareth Watkins, and this time it's a slight variation on the norm for the podcast. Uh, I've got a recording coming up, a conversation with two good friends where we preview season six, which is only, well as I record this today, it's now the 16th of September and uh, the premiere is the 2nd of October so only a couple of weeks or just over 2 weeks to go till we have some new Dexter to enjoy and dissect but uh, today yeah as i say we've got a nice conversation talking about season 6 talking about the new characters guest stars themes for the season we spent a lot of time talking about the religion aspect we had a lot of fun talking about it and i hope you'll enjoy it too and uh, Kind of excuse the reduction in sound quality for the conversation because it was recorded using TalkShoe, which is a system where you dial into a a central phone number and, um, and it records your call. Not uh, certainly won't be as good sound quality as you're, you're used to hearing, um, but if you've heard the conference calls I've done before, then um, you'll kind of know what to expect. But hopefully, the content will more than make up for the slight reduction in sound quality. So, uh, apologies in advance for, for that. Now, um, just for this introduction, I just a few things I want to go over. Firstly, I put a call out last time for. Uh, just a request for listeners to submit some five-star iTunes reviews, uh, not just um, uh, putting in a five-star rating, but actually leaving a few comments as well. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy to say that some of you have, and uh, of those that I've, I've been able to find, I've just looked on the UK and US iTunes stores. Uh, so my eternal thanks to the following. Nigel Ward, Chris in Scotland, Leo Coco 42 tlp888 blitzer and daniel gillis for uh very kindly leaving some reviews for me very much appreciated obviously anyone else who uh feels so inclined to uh, leave a similar review then you're more than welcome and uh, i'll be sure to mention you next time but to make sure i do know about the fact that you've left a review maybe drop me an email just to let me know that you've done that and uh Just to make sure I don't forget. Don't overlook you. I'd hate to do that when you've gone to the effort of leaving some comments for me. Um, Now, also coming up, it's that time of year. Uh, I've not talked about these on the show before because I'm I'm far too modest. But (laughs) um, I kind of stick my head up above the parapet. And, um, well, let's just say it's the podcast awards for 2011 coming up. And nominations close at the end of September. So, I don't know, it would be kind of nice to um, just kind of throw my name in the in the hat, really, uh, for consideration. They have all different kinds of categories. You can find the awards nomination form at www.podcastawards.com. And um, if you feel so inclined to nominate Dissecting Dexter for an award, please... Um, fill in the section for entertainment podcast. I think that probably best fits uh, this one as we're talking about a TV show. Uh, All you need to do is, uh, I believe you put the name of the podcast, the URL for the podcast. Um, Now, I don't know how strict they are in including that. Obviously, we've got the the blog, which is dissectingdexter.blogspot.com, which is, um, well, (laughs) kind of fallen by the wayside i don't really keep it up to date but um it's there um or you could use the itunes page from the itunes store copy the link across from there um and then you fill in your your name and email address and there's a box for any additional comments uh so yeah it'd be kind of nice to uh be considered for that i don't know i don't really know what the process is beyond nominations um It just seems like a bit of fun, and and who knows, you never know. (laughs) Um, And and actually, last year, one of my favourite podcasts uh, won in the entertainment category. That was the Fringe podcast. Uh, They they do a very well-produced show and uh, very entertaining. um, Good analysis of of Fringe, so um, do check that out if you're into Fringe. Okay, so um, thanks in advance for anyone who... um, Feel so inclined to nominate "Dissecting Dexter" for the entertainment category in the podcast awards. Elsewhere, as I say, this is a season six podcast, so it comes with a, a slight spoiler warning. If you're not up to date with with the show, um, but I do give a more detailed spoiler warning at the beginning of the uh, conversation that you're about to hear. This season two rewatch, I'm going to try and do one more before season six starts. Um, so watch out for that. I've also been. Uh, Doing the Gareth waste of time podcast i did another one uh a week or so or a couple of weeks ago uh the main topic was camping uh, and a lot of it was recorded recorded out on location in the Lake district at the campsite that we stayed at for a few days that was uh, that was a lot of fun um <laughs> the background noise rather than aeroplanes and helicopters that you're used to on this show <laughs> the background sound was uh was running water because there was a, a stream flowing just behind our tent so that added um a nice bit of atmosphere to the proceedings
1: Listener Feedback
0: bit of listener feedback news and uh, I've got a voicemail as well to play that came in following the last in fact the only uh, previous season six podcast that I did uh, a couple of months ago Uh, and since the voicemail was sent in there's obviously been a lot more information that's come out about the characters and who's playing who Um, so uh, I hope you'll excuse the caller Um, uh, it's not not his fault it's my fault for being (laughs) <laughs> uh, for leaving such a long gap between um, the first season six preview and this one. Uh, so kind of some of the comments may be a little bit out of date, but uh, I'll play the whole thing and because um, he, he makes one or two predictions and, and gives some thoughts about uh, the longevity or, or the, the long-term future of the show and possible season seven and so on. Uh, so let's get into that now. Here's Mike from Pennsylvania.
2: Hi, Gareth. This is Mike Lennox from State College, Pennsylvania, in the United States, and I just wanted to call in and uh, give some thoughts on some of the the news we've been getting about Dexter, Uh, maybe provide some theories or maybe theories isn't the right word, maybe it's more like hopes for the season. The casting decisions, uh, I guess you'd call them interesting uh, right now, Uh, I certainly have faith in Showtime because uh, for the majority of their shows and certainly for a majority of Dexter's uh, casting decisions—they you know gotten them pretty good over the years, so I'm not gonna you know go out and say oh you know they made the wrong decision because obviously we we're not gonna know until you know until we see the show, but uh, you know the Colin Hanks decision uh, certainly sounds interesting, and uh, I'm kind of wondering if if it's possibly gonna be maybe Mizuka's friend, and it, it, I think there's some. Um, Possibility given the, the person that they're trying to look for in the age range that that might be a uh, the direction that could go with him. But um, one of the things I wondered was uh, if if there's a possibility that uh, Colin Hanks may be a bad guy, but what do you think about the possibility of his character kind of hiding in plain sight like Dexter does? Um, maybe it's a bit too similar, but it'd be kind of interesting if there was an arch nemesis. For Dexter hiding right in front of him, and uh, didn't even realize it. Um, it'd be also kind of neat if, if we want as the season went along, maybe you know we don't know that he's a bad guy, or maybe we have some suspicions, but we're not really sure. And uh, Dexter doesn't find out until maybe the season finale, and then maybe this character becomes uh, his arch nemesis, maybe the big bad for uh, for the next season, um, if there is one. And that would be an interesting way of taking it. It would also be nice to have a character come on the show and stay for more than, you know, one season. I think we've talked about that before on the show. Another thing is uh, I heard that season one and season six are going to reflect each other, you know, see similarities there. And I know from the teaser we heard Deb scream. And I got an idea in my head uh, about Deb finding out about Dexter. What if, for instance, Deb gets abducted like she did in season one uh, by the ice truck killer. Um, maybe she gets abducted, Dexter comes to the rescue, but instead of being unconscious um, and staying that way until Dexter is already killed or uh, disposed of the bad guy, maybe she wakes up and sees Dexter and his element. Maybe you know she sees the killer, uh, and there's no doubt. Um, that would be an interesting way of of, of getting it done. Um, I can almost believe that maybe last season in the writers' room, you know, some people wanted them to reveal last season uh, Dexter, Dexter's uh, nature to Deb and other half maybe didn't, and the compromise was, you know, Deb sees them but doesn't see them in the room downstairs. Um, it kind of see something like that having happened, um, and then maybe they decided to do it this season. You know, I know in terms of you talked about your reservations about the series going on for way too long. And uh, I don't want to do that either. I mean, you know, on one hand, like, uh, you know, part of me that's that's selfish wants to, you know, see Dexter always. But the bigger part of me, um, the person who wants to see the legacy of Dexter uh, continue to be great is the person who doesn't want to see it uh, outstay its welcome. I don't think it should go beyond seven seasons. I don't know if next season will be the last. I doubt it. Um, But if there is a seventh season, I, I think seven seasons should be it. My personal theory is that uh, no show, really, with the exception of maybe a sitcom, uh, but no show uh, should go beyond five or six seasons. I think when you hit five, six seasons, you're kind of hitting the max, uh, you know, in terms of the amount of seasons you have. And I think that they, you know, I think shows that come on should have a plan ready, you know, and um, I think networks should be more willing to set an end date to a lot of these shows, especially shows that are successful and have been good for them over the years. You know, kind of like they do with Lost. I mean, you know, say what you will about the end, but uh, having that end date makes it a lot easier for them to really plan out the rest of the show. So, uh, those are my thoughts. Uh, I thought I'd call in and leave a, uh, a message for once. I uh, know you don't get a whole bunch, um, so uh, you know I'll call in more often and uh, kind of add to it. I don't want to leave it to only one or two people to do that for you. So I uh, continue the good work, and uh, I'll keep on listening.
0: Thanks very much Mike. I know one person who will be very pleased that uh, he's no longer the only caller uh, and that's our good friend Travis um, who uh, I'm going to have to be careful this coming season because there's obviously a character called Travis in season 6 who is played by Colin Hanks who you talk about in your voicemail. Uh, I'm going to have to be careful not to uh, confuse the two Travises um, but it sounds like uh, one of them is going to be a serial killer so um, I'll have to be careful to make that distinction. Uh, But some some good comments there, Mike. Thanks very much for taking the time to phone in. I very much appreciate it and uh, look forward to maybe some some further contributions from you during uh, the forthcoming season. But with regards to your comments, uh, you talk about the casting news and that um, you have faith in Showtime and that they've got it right before with some of the guest stars that have been employed for the show. Uh, they certainly have. And, um, you know, we could spend some time here talking about previous guest stars. You've, you've done a great job. This season, we've got quite a lineup that we do actually go into in the uh, conversation you're about to hear. Um, and uh, so I'll kind of leave... leave the discussion on that uh, for, for that recording that, that's coming up. Um, you question... Well, you... you Raise the issue of whether Deb will be abducted this year uh, they 've kind of been there before, but who knows I mean uh, under different circumstances, another deb abduction might be uh, might be quite interesting, but I suspect dexter wouldn 't be the only rescuer. I suspect Quinn's going to have uh, a part to play in that, and who knows maybe he and Dexter would have an opportunity to team up and and um, kind of be two knights in shining armor coming to our rescue. Uh, you had um, you talked about my reservations about the series going on too long, and, and you make some good comments about that. As has been publicised now, it really looks like season seven is almost definite. Um, they're certainly not treating season six as the final season, so um, it looks like the show is going to go on at least another season. I'll, well, at the risk of treading old ground, I... I kind of hope that I kind of hope that season seven would would be it. I've talked about my reservations about the show going on too long, outstaying its welcome. As much as we all love Dexter, we don't want it to stagnate and um, just fizzle out. It, it's they do kind of need to bring things to a, a conclusion. And and Mike, you talk about kind of an optimum maximum length for shows being five to six seasons, and I think that's fair. Uh, and and you mentioned maybe the exception of comedies this, well Dexter is of course a cable show so a season is shorter than network shows Um, I mean look at the X-Files, that was a network show and and that ran for nine seasons and had what, I don't know how many episodes a season 20, 22 episodes a season so there's a hell of a lot of episodes there and and that obviously had its highs and lows especially in the, the latter seasons so much so that David Duchovny uh, buggered off and <laughs> did some of his own projects before um, sort of coming back towards the end. Ooh, maybe I should have uh, spoiler alert there for X Files. Um, but uh, yeah, yes, yeah, so, some some fair comments there. So um, I'll leave that there. But thanks very much, Mike, for phoning in. Uh, look forward to hearing from you again soon. Now talking about listener voicemail um, in the forthcoming. Uh, well, the imminent conversation that you're about to hear in, in the next couple of minutes, uh, I do make reference to the um, voicemail, the US voicemail line that, uh, had, had, well, I've talked about it. Um, I'm happy to say that I've set up a new one uh, with season six imminent and uh, the weekly podcasting thing set to resume. Um, Obviously, last season, uh, I got quite a lot of voicemails coming in, so um, it kept the listener line active. I have actually uh, subscribed to a different voicemail service this time that does seem to be pretty permanent. Uh, It doesn't time out after 30 days of inactivity, so we'll see how it goes. Here's the number for the US listener line. It is 646-222-6122. And you'll hear a nice friendly greeting from yours truly, after which hopefully you'll be able to leave a voicemail. (laughs) Hooray! Um, But if you don't want to dial into that, as I've said before, you can always send me an MP3 or WAV file or iPhone voice recording to dissectingdexter at gmail.com and I'll be able to um, include that in the show. Or if it's a particularly large file, you can use one of these free uh, large file sending services like sendspace.com. Uh, So it's all good. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you guys. Right, that's it. Let's get stuck into the the meat and potatoes of this podcast. It is the final Season 6 preview before Season 6 kicks off in a couple of weeks' time. I'm joined by two guests and I'll introduce them very shortly. So um, thanks for listening and enjoy.
3: Hi and welcome to another dose of Dissecting Dexter. I'm your host Gareth Watkins, coming to you as always from Yorkshire, England, but this time not in the mobile studio, but instead I'm in the comfort of my living room, sat on the sofa and ready to talk about the forthcoming season six of Dexter. It's almost upon us, premiering on Showtime, I believe at 9pm on the 2nd of October, Sunday the 2nd. So... Tonight, we're having a little chat previewing season six and maybe going over bits and pieces from previous seasons. We'll see where the conversation goes. But obviously, as we're talking season six, I should preface this with a spoiler warning. If you're not fully up to date with Dexter up to the end of season five, what we're about to talk about will almost certainly contain some spoilers for you. Having said that, We're not intending to spoil season six. I want to be surprised and enjoy this season, the new season, as much as anyone. But you can expect us to mention casting for the new season and some of the new characters. But other than that, we'll only be speculating about what's going to happen. We haven't got any inside knowledge. So use discretion if you want to know absolutely nothing. But of course, if you're not fully up to date with the actual show, then you'll probably want to bank this podcast and listen when you're all caught up. Okay, so now I've got that out of the way. Let me introduce my guest tonight. First, he's a podcaster who I've mentioned before on the show. He used to host the very first podcast I ever subscribed to, the Lost Mythos Theorycast, and now he co-hosts the excellent Podsuraj, while also making regular appearances on the Filmless Podcast hosted by my previous guest Heath Solo. He also is the director of the film Smokers, coming to you from North Carolina. Welcome, Axel Foley. Welcome to the show, sir.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Gareth. That was a beautifully spoken and eloquent introduction.
3: I do try. It's good to have you on the show. Uh, I must admit, um, (laughs) perhaps I should have done this before having you on. I (laughs) (laughs) I haven't really got a good gauge of of how big a fan of Dexter you are. I just had this sudden thought, am I going to say to you, what do you think of Dexter then? And you say... That's all right. <laughs>
1: <it> at that. <laughs> no, I, when Dexter is on, it is definitely one of my favorite shows on television. Dexter. I, I love, I love the show. I think that it's, I mean, really, it moves right up the uh, old series DVR list when it comes on because I just DVR everything that's not out of not wanting to see it live. And usually, I, if I can, if the wife will allow, I try to watch it live when it's happening. Because it just—I think this show, you know, uh, I, as you said, I was a former Lost podcaster, as you as you were yourself, and um, mm-hmm. you know, they always talked about like the characters, the characters, and yeah, Lost had great characters, but I think Dexter really has yeah. great characters. Like sometimes, you know, I don't like you're talking about spoilers and stuff. Sometimes with a show like Dexter, I don't mind so much because the motivations of Dexter himself and the other characters are so important to me that it's really like, I'm I'm kind of more lenient on the show, like as far as plot stuff and things like that, because I love the characters so much.
3: Yeah, yeah, and the show's not infallible, like, well, like every other show, it's got its flaws, Uh, and, and we talked about, with with Heath and Matt at the end of last season, some of the flaws of season five. Um, but like you say, the motivation of the characters is 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 really well developed. I think there are some interesting characters there. Um, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say that across the board. There, there's obviously a, a bit of a hierarchy of um, of characters and and how interesting they are. Although that's probably a lot of it down to the writers and how much good material that the characters are given um but no it's good to know you're a big fan that's that's good so we're, we're gonna have a good good chat i'm sure um also joining us is a good friend and supporter of the podcast who guested in our season five finale conversation last december as i mentioned calling in tonight from atlanta georgia it's matt Cook. welcome back matt
4: hey how are you sir uh good to be here happy that you have you back i i uh I'm I'm glad to be back. It's podcasting thing is fantastic. So I'm glad to be a part of it whenever I can.
3: Thank you well, it's, it's good to have you on. I, I know uh, our chat with Heath last Christmas was your podcasting debut and uh, uh your your appearance was well received. I got some positive feedback and uh good. certainly we uh it, it was good to have you on and we we definitely had a good chat about it. I was um listening to a few snatches of it today uh just to kind of um refresh my memory about some of the things we talked about and uh no it was a good show you you uh you were a very uh very valuable guest so it's it's a pleasure I, to have you back on
4: i listened back to it uh last night myself and the only thought that i really <laughs> had was it was man i i talked a lot uh,
3: other
4: than that it was it was great
3: <laughs> no it's good I'd, I'd, I'd rather that than the the other end of the spectrum sure. <laughs> well yeah okay so um yeah, it's good to have you guys on so thanks very much for joining me um, I'm sure you'll you'll agree uh, with season six well what are we now the fifteenth of September tonight um two weeks away or just over two weeks away from the of the, of the new season it's um it's exciting I'm I'm pretty stoked um, Tension is definitely mounting there's a lot of anticipation on the forums and and on twitter uh, and and this season we've got a new showrunner. For the show, that's probably the big backroom story of uh, of the hiatus Um, after the departure of the former showrunner Clyde Phillips before season five. um, It was uh, Chip Johansson that took over the reins, and um, well, it was. I was a little bit surprised, perhaps, when he was uh, relieved of duties at the end of season five because it had it had its critics this season, but it wasn't that bad there was some really good character stuff in there particularly with dexter and uh, and, and deb and Quinn. i thought they all had some good character development um like like we alluded to in the introduction there there were certainly some flaws um but uh, i don't think it was <laughs> it was by any stretch um, a, a disaster uh but anyway scott buck has taken over and uh, and buck is a seasoned uh, dexter crew member he's, he's been a writer he came on board during season two after working on Rome which um was an excellent series and um there was an interview with Scott Buck that I read recently where he said how different Dexter is now compared to season one and he had his writers all rewatch season one before starting work on season six and he, he said get back to some of the fun they had in the first season which to me fills me with um with great excitement, because um, I've just well, for just in the last couple of months, finished rewatching season one, and my God, it was uh, it was a great ride. What a great season! Um, so, when season five finished and season six was, we heard it was being worked on. When when the crew sort of started to return to duty, um, there were stories coming out that they were looking to return to the tone of of that first season. Um, which which really got me excited. Uh, how did you feel about that, Axel?
1: Um, you mean just in general a return to uh, that kind of tone?
3: Yeah, yeah. Maybe going back to his roots.
4: Uh, well, I,
1: I I'm really excited about this season, and and from the from the preview and uh, I mean the kind of the trailer and the changing of the guard there. This whole idea of Him finding, um, like returning to the dark passenger as a gift, not as this dark thing that's overwhelming him, but like learning about it and trying to accept it and use it to take down the bad guys, I think is a great idea because they thoroughly examined, you know, he has a a kid and a wife, you know, the wife dies, now he's the father. Like, they've run the gamut, so if they just did, like, another season where, you know, like, somebody tries to take the kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I think that that could easily become very formulaic, but the idea of returning to him his examination of the dark passenger is a great idea. I'm really excited about it. I think the, the, uh, the trailer looked
3: awesome. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, I mean, the the end of season five, you kind of felt a bit despondent for him because he'd, he'd had, well, I'll call it happiness for a form of a better word. He had it in his hands. Uh, he had a relationship with someone that he could be himself with, and that's what he's longed for, is to make that connection. And he he, he had made some connections, but not the connection that he was looking for, uh, where he could be completely open and, and not hide not hide from that person and he had that for a short time and um, it was I felt a bit bleak at the end of the season and and really sorry for him it's like he'd almost like he'd given up and uh, he talked about having having hoped for for something better and I think his closing line was wishes for children and they kind of broke that fourth wall with him looking into the camera as he blew the candles out Um, it it was a good good finish um, but Like I say, left me feeling a bit despondent. But it's been pretty well publicised that season six picks up a year after season five ended, so hopefully we'll be well past all grieving business and um, he'll be sort of back in the swing of things and the the good old Dexter we we know and love. Um, Although, of course, he can't possibly return to the the same Dexter from season one because he's, he's... He's learnt so much and and learnt a lot about humanity and um, learnt a lot about himself. And like you say, if he treats this dark passenger a bit differently and and treats it as a gift rather than a curse, um, maybe he can control it rather than it controlling him. Um, That might be an interesting uh, interesting concept to explore. Um, Matt, what what are your hopes? for season six bearing with bearing in mind how they've talked about him maybe returning to his roots a little bit.
4: Sure. You know, in season one, you were dealing with a character that you just got to know that wasn't obviously tied down by the, the, the marriage bonds and the, and the kid bonds and all that kind of stuff that, that came along with that. And as they tried to humanize the character more, um, obviously a lot more I guess, quote-unquote, baggage came with that, uh, which makes it harder to have a singular focus on him doing what, frankly, we all kind of love best, which in a weird way is we all love the killing. I mean, let, let's be honest. We love uh, him hunting the bad guys and, 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 and killing them. That's, that's the hook that, that I think I, I speak for a lot of people when I say that it drew us in. Um, it, I, I'd love to see him return to form. It, it's a return to that form in season six. I hope they can. I, I think that um, they can take a lot of the things from last year as sort of uh, an emotional clearing out of things, and, and you can kind of take away some of the distractions in order to get that. Obviously, you couldn't do that in season five because he had his son, and he was recently widowed, and he had Rita's uh, children to deal with and all that kind of stuff. So you can't sort of shift the focus to back to the singularity that was season one because Frankly, in season one, Rita and his relationship, quote unquote, was 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 kind of a third tier issue. I mean, it was there, but it certainly wasn't the focus of of the series. And in two, and in three, and in four, it it, it kind of became that. Um, one of the things that I, want, I I agree with you totally. At the end of the last episode of last season, I was you know I was kind of melancholy for him. Um, you know, you you realize that he had what he wanted in his hands and he lost it. The problem that I had with that, and I really, it took me some time to look back on it, was that they had painted him for so long as this as this emotionless, uh, you know, detached, emotionally creature uh, that they had sort of made him out to be forever. And when they really, when they painted him in a corner at the beginning of season five, as, as really seeing that loss of Rita hit him, you really felt for him. And for the first time, you really, you could, quote, unquote, feel his pain. You know, when, when he felt that on the, in the bathroom floor, I think it was season uh, episode one of last year, uh, when he was in the bathroom floor just sort of screaming, you could just, you could feel his emotion. And, and one of the things that, that was hard for me was that, you know, it was hard for me to accept after feeling that emotion that he instantly just felt the same emotion for somebody else. Um, so it, it seemed a little more convoluted at the end of the season when he was upset about that, after having been upset about Rita, um, you know, revisionist history, as it were, I might have liked to have seen him be a little more detached after Rita died, to sort of keep that veneer of, 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 I'm not really affected by it, and then the Lumen thing comes along shortly after, it, it gives him a reason to really feel all that at the same time, that's just, that's just a nitpicking point, but, um, I think that if they can sort of take away the, the the love interest portion of the show and really kind of get back to what he does as far as uh, the vigilante type of thing and, and really what we all root for, it, it could be a really big deal. The, the trailer was phenomenal. I thought the trailer was, was as, as exciting as you can make two minutes of, of previews. So uh, I'm very much looking forward to it.
3: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the trailer had me very excited. As it did the the season five one. I mean, the season four was left with such a Jesus Christ kind of moment, (laughs) jaw-dropping. You know, what's going to happen next? And and the trailer for season five showed it was going to pick up exactly where it left off. Season four left off, and and that was awesome. Um, And now we we know it's a year on. Um, It's it's clear from... um, from the trailer and some of the sound bites that that people have moved on, um, and clearly there's this religious element that um, seems to be the theme for the season. Uh, that's um, that's been almost shouted from the rooftops in in all the publicity for for season six. So clearly that's going to be a big overarching theme. Um, but yeah, it's. It really does uh, seem that romance is most definitely off the menu for Dexter. Uh, obviously, he, he tried that last season, and uh, I guess he's destined to be this tragic character, isn't he? Like I say, he had he had happiness for a while, happiness in a in a fashion, um, and he was originally portrayed, as you say, that as this emotionless monster, but steadily. Through the seasons, and even in season one, there were there were glimpses of the fact of, of, of the fact that he, he he does feel emotion. It, it is there. Um, he do, he did care for people. Does care for people, um, but he just wasn't he just wasn't acknowledging it to himself. wasn't admitting it to himself. But, but we could see. I um, mean, specifically in season one, it was it was Deb the the, the main one that, that that he cared for. Um and obviously at the beginning of season five he, he realised that that he did love Rita. Um and indeed through the season he told Esther that he loved her, uh, which is a massive a massive thing for him. Um so uh Michael C. Hall uh, in an interview said um uh, in an interview about this coming season said that that some although romance is off the menu, um Uh, some window of humanity has been opened, despite uh, what Dexter would prefer. Um, So I guess he's saying there is maybe Dexter's in the position where maybe being involved with people leaves him vulnerable um, and leaves those people that he he connects with vulnerable. Um, He he hasn't got a great track record, and (laughs) maybe Luma was lucky to escape the season alive. but uh, so as I say, this this season religion definitely seems to be the um, uh, the main theme, and it's interesting does is Dexter going to be reevaluating his life? Um, I mean, he's surely seen too much and done too much to to believe in a God himself. but uh, again, Michael C. Hall said in an interview that um, Dexter wants more for his son than. Just to shield him from his dark passenger he wants something positive for him and, and maybe faith could fit the bill but uh, I guess first he has to understand what faith is and, and maybe that will be the challenge um, and one or two of the characters that um, have been um, publicised for this coming season one of the, the guest stars uh, maybe someone that um, might help him along that way and i'm referring to the character of brother sam who's um, played by most deaf um, and brother sam is a reformed criminal who runs an auto body shop and one of his employees comes under investigation uh, but dexter is unconvinced that sam found god and changed his violent ways so maybe i mean reading that it kind of reminded me of trinity and how um Dexter found a little bit of inspiration uh, from that character maybe to to help him to study him and maybe help him on on his own road um i mean what are your sorry, sorry go
4: no 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 please i quickly i just the one thing i would say i just to touch on what you said is i think that was the one piece of the trinity theory the trinity season that was missing was i guess the the god piece um there's, there's a whole thing there of, of Dexter trying to find his purpose, why he is the way he is, and there's a, there's a God, you know, question that is totally open for exploration, and especially with Trinity being his, when he was doing it, he was a deacon or whatever it was at the time, um, there, is, there is a wealth of possibilities there. Um, and, I, and I think that was, for my money, that was the only piece of that season I thought that could have used, that, that could have opened a door to some interesting conversation or some interesting, um, you know, stories. Is is how does he re- reconcile himself against God, or whatever it is that he perceives God to be? Um, I thought was that could be a fascinating portion of the season. And and uh, just just like I said, just to touch up what you said, I think that was that's the one piece of the puzzle from season four. If I could have, you know, gone back and, and asked that question and had it sort of play itself out, you know, how does Trandy reconcile what he does against his belief in God and 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 how does Dexter understand that or to go from there?
3: Yeah, it's um it's certainly a rich vein that they can um, tap into, and it wasn't something that they tackled in season four at all, was it? Obviously Arthur Mitchell had this this position. Was he a deacon in the church? Was he a deacon? De-
4: deacon or a preacher or something he, yeah him in his, I mean, in if the he was pulpit. a deacon that's
3: was, quite funny because um, michael was, kept... sorry go
4: on i mean he was building those the houses as as part of his church program and and, and, yeah. and dexter saw him in the church and you know that right there is just an opening that that is rich with possibilities and, and really just never you know for whatever reason it never panned out and those things kind of happened but i was i was i remember thinking when i saw that this begets the question: How? And, and you know what? He asked the question in that preview. If memory serves, the, the question that, that in the preview for this season, the guy who was on the table, said something to the effect of, "How do you do what you do for God?" Or, or I forget how it was exactly phrased. And Dexter sort of mentioned that. I remember thinking to myself, "You know, that's the first thing I would ask if I was Dexter when he gets trendy on the table: Is how do you do what you do?" And yeah. look at your God the way you do, or something to that effect. And I, I thought that was just—it's a, a small thing in that particular point, but it was—it was rich for opportunity, and it didn't really happen. So I'm curious to see this year how that pans out.
3: Yeah, yeah. I guess how they how they reconcile that with their faith, um, or whether whether Arthur Mitchell simply used the church as part of his cover, and you know, full stop. Was that it, and and any of his preaching or charity work was purely just to maintain his cover. Um, but yeah, that that was that could have been full, explored um, a, a great deal in season four, and that would have been fascinating. But I guess they didn't because of time. I mean, it was it was a pretty busy season, and and there was so much great stuff with that character anyway. Um, I guess it only need, needed another twelve episodes to um, fully flesh that aspect of the of the story out, that, that aspect of the character. But, I, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested for season six and, and what they do with this religion theme.
0: This is the Dissecting Dexter podcast. It helps me control the chaos.
3: Axel, what are, you, what are your feelings on, on them bringing religion into Dexter?
1: Um, well, you know, I don't know. I was... What, from watching, you know, I had heard about... The first thing I heard about this season was that, you know, faith and religion um, is going to be, like, kind of the main theme of the season. And then I, I guess I may have read an interview, and no spoilers or anything, but, like, you know, they kind of asked, does that mean that Dexter is going to become, like, a born-again Christian or something, you know? And they were saying, like, it's not... Ki- they gave a a very like curt answer like no that's not you know it's it's different than that kind of and from what I understand and from looking at the trailer it seems like it may not be so much of him finding like finding a god or something like that but more so fitting what he does into the archetype the dichotomy of good and evil and how perhaps maybe even many religions have espoused a kind of eye for an eye or the righteousness of vengeance against those who do evil so in a way Dexter may fashion himself some some sort of like archangel who is good but um acts in a kind of bad or evil way in order to defeat evil, like he fights fire with fire. And to me, I find that to be really interesting. That's, like, that's more of an interesting way of looking at it rather than with um, Trinity. And I agree with you, in, the, in, a, in effect, like it just seemed his cover You know what I mean? Like, they didn't really delve into it. Um, The whole church thing and the whole uh, pastor or deacon thing. Um, And I think, you know, even in that season and, and historically, the character of Dexter has kind of been like, you know, his mentions of God are more so when he's killing someone or sarcastically, you know, like what kind of God would let this happen and, you know, that kind of thing. So I think it could be pretty interesting if he starts to view himself as, a, like a, as more of a righteous person, and instead of feeling that he has this um, baggage with him, like this monkey on his back, instead he has, like I was saying, like a gift to he fits in the world somehow. He's not an outsider. He actually fits in the world, and his role is to defeat evil you know, by hunting down and killing serial killers, because that's what Dexter does.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, <laughs> the thought of Dexter becoming a, a born again Christian is, <laughs> is 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 pretty kind of seems kind of pretty ludicrous. Um, but is he going to f- take some inspiration from that? And you know, going back to what. Uh, Matt was talking about uh, earlier on about um, Dexter harnessing the dark passenger and, and embracing it as a gift, because um, he, he he has this this primal urge to kill um, that yeah. he has to satisfy. Um, but if he can do that, um, as, as he has been taking out the trash, <laughs> uh, taking out serial killers, then um, he can kind of channel his his urges in a sort of semi-positive way. I mean, uh, the, the moral argument that that killing, any kind of killing is wrong, uh, you know, that moral argument aside. But um, maybe he'll find some fresh, I don't know if justification is the right word um, for what he's doing. Um, and,
4: and, may, and maybe I'm crazy. Perhaps I'm a little crazy, but it, it seems like from the, from the preview, and again, I, I may be reading a little bit more into this than I probably should, but it it seems like the religion overtones in season six, um, kind of play out like the, uh, oh, like I don't want to say voodoo. Voodoo is the wrong word, but like the Santa Muerta uh, things from last year, more of a of a of a dark religion practice. It, it doesn't strike me as being, um, oh my gosh, I found the. The higher power. I'm going to give my life to Christian worship, and it, it seems like it's a little more darker in tone to me. Um, so I, I don't think that he's going to find himself faced with the issues of, oh my gosh, what I'm doing is maybe not right in the eyes of the Lord, or whatever it was he would say to himself, um, or I'm an angel of death, or and that kind of stuff. It, it seems like he's like the tone is, and again, I'm just I'm strictly going off the two minute preview on Showtime that it it seems like it's the darker-toned, uh, religional, uh, you know, sort of things. So I, I don't know how much of that will, will be something that he will see in himself personally. I mean, the, the killings from last year, the beheadings had a, a sort of religious overtone to him too, uh, but it didn't certainly have anything to do with him. So I can see it being more like that, where it keeps him out of the hot button issue of having to get to the God question, but it can still be a portion of the show. Does that make
3: sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean I, I wonder if he if he starts looking into uh some of the stories from the Bible. I mean there's some pretty dark stuff in the Bible. Uh, oh, uh <laughs> there's there's some pretty dark stuff in the Bible, some of the things that you know, ra- wrath of God type stuff. Um you know, plagues and floods and um and what have you. Uh maybe dexter will uh be able to identify with some of that um i i, I don't know I, I think um this is definitely going to be a a very dark season um numerous stars from the show have, have said described this as being the darkest season yet um edward james almost for one and um uh, Bria Grant in an interview said that uh, almost <laughs> on the set um, seems quite disturbed by some of the stuff that happens. Um, so uh, I don't know if, if you like the more disturbing stuff. That uh, that certainly bodes well. <laughs> um, and I, I don't mind that the show plumbing darker depths. It um, gives us plenty to talk about, and um, you know it could be pretty thought-provoking with the, the religious overarching theme. I've got a a, a quote here actually from uh, David Nevins, the the Showtime president, who um, said that there's going to be some things that happen over this season that can change some of the DNA of the show, Uh, which sounded quite promising on the face of it. Uh, I mean, they don't want a show to stagnate. Um, But uh, as one of our listeners, Matthew Battle, said on Twitter to me, he said that this has been said of shows before, and when Rita died, they said that the formula of the show had changed, yet they only replaced her with the Irish nanny. Um, Now, they did replace Rita with the nanny, insofar as she helped provide a certain level of domestic obstacles to to, uh, getting Dexter's way, but they did introduce a love interest with someone Dexter could be himself with, which was a very fresh concept in the show. So I'm kind of interested to um, consider what, what could happen this season that that would make Nevin say that the, the DNA of the show could be changing? Uh, is, is there going to be a game changer this season? Um, is, <laughs> is Dexter going to become a born-again Christian? I, I, I don't know. I mean, um, what do you guys think of, of, of that quote, uh, Axel? Does it fill you with I, optimism or dread or
1: <laughs> Dexterism? Uh, no, I, I, I like it because I, I think that, uh, you know, I've always thought that it would be cool if they kind of did like a um it, it seem, and it seems to me maybe that's maybe I'm reaching but it's just cuz I want it to be that way but it's like kind of like Dexter as superhero instead of Dexter as um you know unemotional bad guy who is acting out like more so that he is kind of like a superhero you know he he's like a a Batman type character who goes out there and takes out the bad guys, like as an anti-hero, you know, that he really is. And I, and I think if that's what they're talking about, that it's going to kind of switch like that, um, then I'm all for it, because then I can see the show continuing. You know, the only thing, and you were, br- oh, you, I did want to say, you brought up a great point about the nanny, because remember last season, the nanny was like leaving those like religious statue. What was it like? Wasn't it like little religious statues around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A, yeah. 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 Little things in yeah. crib and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So maybe that is the intro to that and this um, Most Deaf character, who, by the way, I think Most Deaf changed his name. I don't know if anybody else heard <laughs> this. He's not called Most Deaf anymore. He's called, like, um, Ali something. I don't know. He changed. I don't know. Okay. He's like a, a Sean. It was
4: like a Puff Daddy thing.
3: Yeah. But. Um,
4: <laughs> now he's now he's partially deaf, I don't know yeah, exactly he's
3: <laughs> yeah mostly deaf Mostly
1: <laughs> um but uh I, I think it's cool man, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but i i i, I always that's one of the things that I liked about the show that he's kind of like this Batman type character, you know, like um a vigilante yeah you know yeah from from my cool mind
4: my- its it's always been about. At the end of the day, it's been about two people. It's been about Deb and it's been about Dexter. And I think you can take any variable you want out of that because I think whatever season you decide is going to be your last. And let's say it's season uh, seven, is it? Okay. And you know that season seven is going to be all about Deb and Dexter. Then you can get, you know, you have to figure out how you're going to get there. And I think that. Uh, you know you can change any variable you want. Maybe Dexter isn't a cop anymore. Maybe Deb isn't a cop anymore. Maybe Deb joins up with him because you saw flashes of that last year when she said something to the effect that I think uh, I think somebody posted the quote the other night about um, where Deb says to him, you know, I don't think some people should be allowed to live. That's not my choice, or I'm a cop, or something to that effect. You can you can go a bunch of different ways because at the end of the day, all that matters to the viewer has sat for this for six or seven years is is Devin dexter i mean really you can take you know you can take leguerta out you can please you can take batista (laughs) out you can take uh you can take uh oh i'm blanking on his name that had a really bad haircut last year her partner um quinn uh quinn you can take quinn out you can take all these things apart but at the same time as long as you maintain that piece of integrity you can go forward and i think that there's a bunch of possibilities and i I guess my question would be you know as as they sit down in the writer's room and they figure out okay you know where is the ending going to be because clearly that has to be the ending is deb finding out deb freaking out or deb joining up i mean really those it has to be one of those three things and then well what do you get from there so i think it could be a bunch of different things you know, maybe. Deb finds out and she quits the force. Or maybe, you know, Batista finds out and, and tells Dexter, quit, and I won't report you. Or, and Dexter's no longer a cop then. It has, doesn't have those advantages of databases and all that you know, kind of stuff to look through. So I'm kind of curious of which way they want to go with that. But I think, that again, as long as you maintain the integrity of of those two characters, it's, it's all up for grabs.
3: Yeah, but definitely the core of the show. I mean, obviously Dexter's front and center, but um Deb isn't too far behind. She's the she's the soft heart of the show. And uh and, and it would be a lot poorer without her. But she's like like I said earlier, she's she had a great character out last season and the season ended with her suddenly in this very grey area because prior to that throughout she'd been she'd had the utmost integrity and she had a great a great nose for, for being a detective and uh, she was um, she was almost on a, a, a fast track and uh, if I heard right in the trailer it sounds like she's got a promotion because I'm sure she was referred to as Lieutenant Morgan um, so that's interesting I mean that's a discussion point there is how that's come about because last I checked it was Lieutenant LaGuerta wasn't it um, so I don't know what's oh, going look. on in that year
1: you're supposed to preserve the crime scene, asshole. <sighs> this is the Dissecting Dexter Podcast. Keep up to date with the show on Twitter. Follow at Dissect Dexter.
4: When I, when I first saw the preview, I, I tweeted Gareth right away, and I said um, the thing that I noticed the most of that preview was what I thought were, were female hands, Uh, running their fingers over the blood slides. And the first thing I thought was that they're hands. This is where, that that was your little way of, their way of saying this season Deb finds out or Deb asks questions or Deb does this or that. Um, You know, what if, what if Deb's gray area turns into Dexter's dark area, you know, and, and she kind of goes along for the ride somewhat like Miguel did in season three you know, where she understands what he does and becomes part of it, you know? And what does that do to her then? I mean, that's, again, that's just throwing it out there, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, I I think that could be cool
1: because, you know, she could find out and he could sell it to her like he is this Avenger and lie to her and say, oh, you know, I've never killed anybody but the serial killers, I do, you know what I mean? And, like, talks about his past but then doesn't tell her, you know, that her ex-fiancé was his brother. (laughs) I mean? Like, doesn't go into all the ways that he's put her life in danger. And, you know what I mean? Like, kind of doesn't go into that. And don't forget,
4: she she still thinks that Trinity killed Lundy. And if memory serves, she still thinks that's the case. She has no idea that the daughter, you know, did that. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't be a hard stretch for her to find that and to start connecting the dots a little bit that way. Uh, we, I know we talked about it last Christmas on the podcast. Um, what if she has memories of, of uh, Harry training Dexter from when she was a kid? Or or it's one of those things where you look back and, and what seemed innocuous at the time, now you start putting it together and go, oh, my gosh, he was teaching him how to do this and, and all that other stuff. And, again, as as I've always said from day one, I, I believe till the day I die that, that, she was, that she was awake on that table in the end of season one uh, when Dexter and, and the Ice Truck Killer and his brother are, are talking on the table. Uh, you know, Dexter you know, was talking to him, and, and I know she looked up at one point. Maybe she was in shock or what have you. But I'll always believe that, that you know, she was there. Maybe it's one of those things where it just comes back to her. But I, I believe that was, I, I just in my head, I think that was her hand I saw in that preview Kind of dragging her fingernails across those blood slides, and that to me is sort of—it's the—it's the olive branch of saying, "Here's what you want. Here's what you've all been asking for for six years. Here it comes," kind of thing. That's yeah. just me.
3: Did Did you think they were female fingers then? Did you Did you rewatch it and it looked like a woman's? Because I imagine everyone had very I've, very slim I've fingers.
4: Seen a, I've seen it. a couple times since then, and I I I'm not as convinced as I was, but I'm still. Mm. I'm still I I say I'm still 90% convinced um that that that's that's cuz it was such a it was such a um a, a focal point of the of the trailer uh the way the music crescendo the way it was sort of it, it, it the flashes were it was meant to draw your attention to that more than just you know We've all seen his weapons. We've all seen his knives. If you do a cutaway shot of his knives or his blood slides, we've all seen that. But the, the the crescendo of the music mixed with the cuts, and you see those fingers just sort of trailing across those blood slides, you know, it's not an accident. And I remember thinking to myself, that was the first instinct that I had was that was her hand. You know, that, that's just me. Yeah. I could be dead wrong. I guess we'll find out. But that's yeah. just what
3: I thought. Yeah. I must admit, prior to you mentioning that, when I saw it, I just thought it was dexter's hand and it and it fitted in with um with what they said about him getting back to his roots and they're kind of depicting you know how he caresses the slides um sure, and, sure. and uh it may be symbolic of him embracing his dark passenger again uh, and embracing who 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 he well who he thinks he is um but you know if if you turn out to be right then um that would that would be interesting too, <laughs> and uh, but I, I mean by all accounts, I, I, honestly I don't think this is going to be the season when she finds out. I wouldn't be surprised if they plant a couple more seeds. Um, right. And it's interesting from last season that they've put her in this grey area that she's almost setting on, setting out on that new path, um, kind of into that grey area. Now she's crossed the line. A little bit and um and obviously letting letting uh, well yeah, the serial killers letting them go um because she empathised with lumen um, i mean that was that was fascinating to see um Deb's character journey last season, and uh yeah, I mean obviously she's now been promoted, it seems, and whether she'll go back to being by the book or not i I don't know, but um uh yeah, obviously Laguerta is still on the scene, so um, and it wouldn't be the first time Laguerta had been <laughs> been sort of removed from office. Um, but that that will be fun, I think, to see that, that dynamic again. Um, but uh, Lauren Velez uh, says that people are going to be surprised by what happens with Laguerta this season. So um, I don't know. Does that mean she gets strung up and bled out? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> There'll be a lot of people who'll be well, hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, that would not that um, be
4: surprised. That'd be you know, joyful. So. <laughs> as much as, I I, as it's well known, as much as it's well known, I have a huge crush on Lauren Velez. Um, I the Laguerta character and the Batista marriage, and I'm I'm good. I'm I'm done. So yeah,
3: they've had they've had two seasons with practically nothing to do. Um, I mean, Laguerta returned to being that antagonist, didn't she? When she um, stabbed Deb in the back and made her the scapegoat for that nightclub shooting last season, um, right? It was, it was good that Batista stuck by deb um standing by what what was right um, and I guess uh you know that that would drive a wedge further between them because they were already having problems weren't they um and I think I read that um in the year that that passes um they end up getting divorced, but um you know we'll we'll see in a couple of weeks i think um i mean mentioned about uh, La guerta maybe getting <laughs> strung up <laughs> obviously a bit harsh but um, uh, I think there was uh, was it Scott Buck that said um, let me find the, the quote I did note it down um, mm-hmm. that he said that uh, his quote was hopefully we won't be killing off any major character this season uh, that doesn't say we definitely won't it doesn't say we definitely will kind of <laughs> leaves it a bit ambiguous but um, I, I have a, a, a sneaky feeling someone will depart because we've got quite a few new characters in the department this season, um, and and uh, I mean I, before we get into that, not know if there's anything else you want to add, Axel, on what, what we've been talking about.
1: Um, well, the one thing I I didn't think that it was women's fingers on the on the blood slides, but there towards the end of the trailer, you do hear Deb scream out like, "No!" like And it's very close to when that happens. So I wouldn't, I would be happier if they took the arc in that direction, like the things I was talking about and not, um, because I've always thought the best seasons, I mean, it always comes down in the end that the last couple episodes are like, is he going to get the main serial killer person or not? You know, that's, Basically what it comes down to every season, I think that's that has that is how it's happened, but I like when they've done things like what happened with this white like you know things like that that are secondary, and if they push more the Deb finding out thing the whole season, I think that would be really cool because I don't know how I mean how many more seasons is this show gonna be on This is the sixth season, right, so yeah and, yeah. You'd suppose that, I mean, an outside possibility would be eight or nine. So they're looking, they have to be looking towards wrapping up the show. So you have to really go in that direction.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's going to be a season seven. That's pretty much, well, I guess it'll need to be formally confirmed by Showtime, but um, it's been um, revealed that Michael C. Hall is currently negotiating terms for season 7 because his contract expires at the end of season 6 but from what I've heard from Scott Buck he said the the ending of the show uh, hasn't come up for discussion yet uh, and they're not working towards the end yet Um, obviously for that they'd need to know a season in advance so that they can sort of work towards that and and build up to it Um, but uh, well, I mean, it, it can't go on indefinitely, can it? Um, and, and I'd hate for the show to um, kind of fizzle out. That would be a, that would be a great shame. Well,
4: I think uh, that the, the, you know, to answer the the, I I don't believe that they don't have an idea of the ending. Let's put it that way. I I think that in any situation like this, and you guys, I never watched an episode of Lost, and I'm sure you, I know you guys did. Uh, I, I have to believe at some point that the creators have lost after the third or fourth or fifth season or whatever it was. There was some, I know there were some half seasons in there or whatever have you. They had to have had an idea of, okay, what's the end game? And and to be honest, I don't have a clue what the last episode was or anything like that at all. But uh, they had to have a clue of what's the end game and how do we get there? And I, and I got to believe, and again, I could be completely off base on this, but I got to believe that in, in everyone's mind who watches the show who's a part of the show the end game has to be Devin and Dexter and, and and how that how she finds out how she doesn't find out whatever somebody dies I don't know something like that does Dexter die you know something like that um, so I, I think that that crux is is to me is the end game and let's say if, if you think it's gonna be season seven or eight or what have you then I, at some point you have to start getting ready for that, you know. And I and I think that if 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 I was a betting man, I would bet on season seven being the last season. Uh, that's just me. Um, and then and then okay. So if that's the case, you have next year to to live out all of that all the end of that reality. How do you have a great season this season, but yet start getting your ducks in a row for that for that end game to start to start telling that story? So again, if I'm a betting man, I think that's probably what we're going to see to some extent. But again, I, I'm just you know just spitballing, so we'll see.
3: <laughs> yeah, and I guess they're not they're not going to reveal all their cards, are they? If they tell oh. us that that season seven is definitely going to be the end, um, I mean they may end up doing that, but um, at this point, maybe it would be uh, a bit premature. But um, it, it might, um, you know, it might be something they don't want to give away yet. Um, actually, actually you mentioned the uh, on the trailer Deb screaming no. Um, when I was rewatching season one, um, was it in the last episode of season one? Um, that soundbite was in uh, was in season one uh, oh, okay. when Deb Deb was on the boat with um, Brian, the ice truck killer, and um, she's in the same,
4: the same sound, the same soundbite.
3: Yeah, yeah, she's in pieces. Because um, I think when that teaser came out I'm not sure if it was before any new footage had been had been filmed because uh, oh, they okay. used that soundbite on the very first teaser and uh, there was a bit of discussion um, about whether that was a soundbite from the new season and oh that must mean Deb finds out uh, and oh, I imagine okay. her reaction would be fairly <laughs> it could be quite similar um, so uh, but yeah that, that exact oh, wow. soundbite was, was in season one uh, when she was on the boat with Brian. Um so uh yeah that kind of um confirmed that one. Um so yeah I I don't think um I, I don't have any um confidence in, in Deb finding out this season. Uh, and as they're they they all talking about season seven, um I guess it's just a formality for renewal and, and they're gonna carry this they're gonna <laughs> dare I say it, drag it out into an, <laughs> uh, to another year. Okay, so um, let's, as I see, time, time is a ticking. Uh, let's uh, start going through some of the guest stars who are going to be in the show this season, just so we sort of cover that off. Um, we've already mentioned uh, Edward James Olmos being um, a guest star this season. He's playing Professor Geller, who's a professor of religious studies, and it seems is our main uh, bad guy this season, although he just seem to be, from the trailer seems to be in some kind of partnership with uh, uh, Colin, Han- Colin Hanks's character uh, Travis Marshall um, we obviously don't know what their full agenda is, we can only speculate um, could be controversial um, with the, the, religious, um, the religious aspects, but then psychos have been portrayed before who profess to uh, be doing God's work, not necessarily in Dexter but in other shows, uh, so it's not unusual. Actually, just thinking about that, it would be interesting um, to get feedback during the season perhaps from religious viewers, um, uh, religious Dexter fans and, and what they make of it this season or indeed <laughs> how they reconcile being religious and yet enjoying <laughs> all the gruesome goings on and <laughs> mass slaughtering in Dexter.
1: You're listening to dissecting
3: Dexter. Is that serious shit? I was very excited to hear uh, that Olmos was cast in the show. I'm a big fan of his, um, going back to uh, when he was in uh, Blade Runner, Um, but particularly his his recent work in Battlestar Galactica. Um, Are you you guys both fans of his, uh, Axel?
1: Yeah, I love him. I think he's a great actor, and he brings a presence to the show that I think is going to be amazing, man. He's
3: anything he does he's great and he's always been great. Yeah, he's Agreed. got he's got, uh, got a presence.
4: Agreed. He he has a th- there's a you know, I I don't want to say it it's like uh it's like John Lithgow cuz I don't know if I would go to that far but uh John Lithgow just in a scene saying nothing which there was a couple of those before he really even talked uh held more of a presence than, than most actors could do in a monologue. So, um Edward James almost is very much the same way. He he holds a presence. You believe what he's doing. Uh, you don't really see the craft of acting, which is kind of a tribute to what he's doing. Is that it, it's it's it it's very genuine. So it, I think he's a great addition to that.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, whether or not he'll be the one to do the killing, I, I don't know. Um, whether that will be the Colin Hanks character, who does seem to be his. Uh, I want to say Padawan in a Jedi yeah. kind of way. He's uh, his yeah, student. Right.
4: Lacky.
3: Yeah, lackey. Um his,
4: his apprentice as it were.
3: Yeah, his apprentice, that's the word. Um and in the trailer you can see he seems his character seems to have great admiration for Geller. Um so whether it's it's Travis that, that does the killing, um and Geller's kind of there to um preach to the the would be uh, victim uh, I guess time will tell but it's interesting that we've got the duo uh, this year um, so I guess to get to Gallo, Dexter's going to have to go through Travis um, and then in, in that um, uh, sort of s- storyline of Travis there's uh, Molly Parker who's been cast as his sister Lisa Marshall who's a school teacher and uh, it's reported that her character is very protective of her brother Um Kind of parallels a little bit with Deb and Dexter, um, so I think that's that's going to be an interesting little dynamic, and uh, I'll be interested to see Molly Parker because I'm a big fan of hers, having enjoyed her in um, Deadwood. Uh, You've you, you watched Deadwood, didn't you, Axel? Oh yeah,
1: I do. Deadwood's yeah. amazing. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't know about that bit of casting, um, but I expect great things from Colin Hanks too, who I really like. I think he's a good actor.
3: Yeah, he's a madman, isn't he? Is he madman? Uh, I think he was in a cu-
4: was it Mad Men? He yeah, was in a yeah, couple of a couple shows. Of yeah. I I wasn't I actually hadn't seen a Colin Hanks performance of any kind, um, probably since like Orange <laughs> County and I thought it was brutal, uh many, many years ago. Uh but I watched him in uh the great Buck Howard and, and that was a great movie. And a great great performance in it and very understated and, and I think that uh, he he could really bring a lot to the table in 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 sort of uh, the, the gravity that he can bring because uh, he's not going to be the guy who's uh, you know stealing scenes per se, but he's going to be the guy who's who's the the rock in a, in a given scene and, and really um, you know plays a, plays a great character. So I think he could be a great addition to the show.
3: Yeah, I think so. It's it's good they've um, they've got some. Um a multitude, it seems, of recognisable names guesting this season. Usually, there's just just one or two, um, but this year there's quite a few. Um, also we've mentioned uh, Most Death or whatever he wants to be called now. <laughs> but his his character seems very interesting. This this reformed criminal um, who um, finds God and and sort of sets himself on the path to redemption, if you like, and uh, changing his his violent ways. Uh, that, that's going to be interesting uh, to see um, what influence you know, it might have on Dexter.
4: Before, somebody had mentioned about killing off a, a, a central character and how, you know, I, I'm not sure which one of you said it maybe wasn't going to happen because of the amount of guest stars, but that being said, I remember thinking last summer that they were just announcing a ton of guest stars for, for the upcoming season and it was Julia Stiles and it was you know all these people who were going to be on the show and, and, and Johnny Lee Miller and, and all this other stuff. I remember thinking, wow, it's like a whole new cast. It's either going to be awesome or it's going to be kind of a, a, a weird deal like they're trying to infuse it with some sort of a, a whole new cast of people. But, you know, they, they kind of managed to filter through those folks pretty quickly. And, and you know, for instance, uh, uh, the first one who was killed, Boyd, I, I forget the actor who played him, uh, you know, was Sean Hitosi was, was announced yeah. as, as what we thought was going to be a kind of a fairly sizable role and he winds up being like two episodes. Yeah. So, and he certainly played a a very big gateway part. But uh, but uh, you know, I think they, I think there's still very much room for uh, you know main character shakeups, even in the face of all these you know great guest stars. So, I think we'll see.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Colin Hanks, I read, was signed up for 12 episodes. So I think we're going to see a lot of him. Uh, I don't know about the others. Um, we've also got uh, Billy Brown, who uh, I'd, I'd never heard of prior to seeing him in uh, the short-lived boxing series Lights Out, uh, which actually I, I really enjoyed. <laughs> really good show, but it was uh, unfortunately cancelled. Um, but he's playing Mike Cutler, who's a detective transferring in from Chicago and uh, shakes things up a bit. And uh, is, is he going to be your dopes number two? I don't know. Is he going to clash with Quinn? Uh, Could there be a bit of a cockfight fight going on there? I don't know. Um, What what do you think of Billy Brown, Axel? I know you watched Lights Out, didn't you?
1: What character was Billy Brown in Lights Out? He
3: was, oh, uh, he was uh, Death Row, um, oh, what's
1: Oh,
3: Death Row Reynolds? Death Row
1: Reynolds, yeah. Yeah, I loved Lights Out too, man. I wish that would have Baton Terriers, the, two of the best shows of last season. Yeah. <laughs> <And are canceled. laughs> yeah. But uh, at least they got full seasons. But, yeah, I think that would be good. Yeah, I hadn't. I don't know if I really knew much about them before Lights Out, but that's good that they're getting solid people. Um, mm. I kind of like the Sean Hatosi thing last season because I really like him. I love Southland mm-hmm. that he's on. I thought I thought it was kind of cool the way he died so soon. I liked that.
3: Yeah, I mean there were plenty of characters, plenty of things going on, but um, it kind of didn't matter so much. And and his his death served the plot, served the central storyline. Um, so it, you know it did it did mean something and, and move things along. But I in fact, well his character was was probably one of my favourite scenes of last season where. Um, he and Dexter shoot each other with a tranquilizer, <laughs> and both end up in the in the ambulance, looking across at each other. <laughs> that was that was great.
4: I thought that was a great scene. I, I thought I remember thinking to myself, uh, it was so great because you know of all the moments, and of course, that's what you think is going to happen is that oh my gosh, he got Dexter, he's going to point and scream. This is this is the not this is the end, but there was a bunch of moments there and they're both in the ambulance and don't say a word. I thought it was a fantastic. I, I agree. I thought Sean Tosi was great. I thought that was a great scene and just them in the ambulance not saying a word, just staring at each other. And I, was, I thought it was a fantastic story talk.
3: Yeah, that was good. Uh, let's see, who else have we got? Bria Grant, uh, she plays Ryan Chambers. Who uh, I think she's a lab intern working with Masuka And they develop a bit of a rapport um, Oh, so whether Masuka going to get late. Well, <laughs> it's not been revealed But um, I, I think it's left ambiguous um, She uh yeah. cagey when asked about it But uh, it does sound like they have a bit of a rapport So maybe she's as vulgar as he is yeah, um, I love her. But she has hinted at some fun storylines for Masuka this season uh, So looking forward to that because we like Vince um one of the highlights of last season was when he was having the discussion about tattoos with uh with deb and um <laughs> he's showing them his tattoos and and we it's not referred to but we see he's wearing sort of leopard skin leopard print um underpants <laughs> I, that, I thought that was a yeah. <laughs> yeah. uh, little easter egg there um so yeah uh there's a I think there's, there are two interns in the department this season. The other one is played by Josh Cook, who I've never heard of before. Uh, he's in a show, or was in a show called Better With You, which again, I've never heard of. Um, I don't know if either of you have.
4: I have, and oh. it was awful. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was a sitcom on ABC last year, um, and I don't fault the guy for it. I, don't, I, I honestly don't remember which one he was, but um, it was a sitcom on ABC last year that was very much like a 1975 sitcom in 2011, and it was very much sort of punchline setup. Ah, that was yeah, that'll make him nuts really fast.
3: Oh dear. So,
4: again, not not his fault. So, so no. hopefully he can hopefully he can bounce back from that.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully this will um, be a better entry on his CV. Sure. Uh, well, like I said, I've, I've never heard of him I don't, I don't know what he's going to be like but um, I think he's uh, yeah he's going to be another intern in the department so um, yeah, quite a few quite a few new people in the department so whether anybody that's, that's what made me wonder whether somebody gets offed whether it will be someone major or not, I don't know or, or whether just nobody will and <laughs> but what it will probably mean is that those existing established characters in the department will just get less screen time yeah, I was yeah.
1: surprised if uh what's his name gets uh either just leaves the show, uh what you know, Deb's former love interest. what's his name again? I always forget his name. Quinn, Quinn, yes. Yeah. Quinn. i i you know, hey, Garrett, did you ever discover the uh reason why his looks dramatically changed? Was he sick or something <laughs> like that? Did we ever figure it out?
3: I I assume so. Well, I guess it's a year between filming, so there's plenty of time for him to um, lose weight and um, it, it was it kind of um, it was startling, wasn't it? it? Is that the same guy? Is that the same actor? So no, I don't know. I assumed he'd been I assumed he'd been poorly, but um, or, or I don't know whether he'd had another role and, and lost weight for it. But it's um, yeah, kind of bad continuity. But I. I I don't know. I'm just, just guessing. I suppose I could Google it while we're talking, he's, see if he's there's anything online.
4: Of, he spent most of last year looking like a 12 year old. So I, I don't <laughs> know. Uh, it was scary. It, it, you know, I, I did the same thing. I thought maybe he had gotten like some sort of a I don't know. You hear about people getting some sort of a sickness that you know they they lose a bunch of weight. They just get sick. You know, not cancer or anything like that. But I remember thinking this this guy looks looks like he's terrible. I don't know what's going on. He almost feels like a guy. As a as a person, it was kind of surprising to see. So I, I would agree with that.
3: Yeah. 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 Here's,
4: here's <laughs> a here's an idea for you. I mean, what if one of these new interns uh, somehow connects the dots? Uh, let's say it's an IT intern or some sort of a technology person. They connect the dots and they see what Dexter is searching. Blah blah blah. Bottom line, they find out, and Dexter kills them to protect himself. And there's your game changer because now he's killed out of, out of, uh, fear. And he's killed out of protection for himself as opposed to killing somebody who deserved it. You know, quote unquote, uh, he's killed for self preservation. That could be your game changer right there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Could be, could be, I I don't know. I don't know what's, what's going to happen. Um, I did, uh, read that, um, Deb and Quinn are still living together at the um, beginning of this season. So I guess uh, if that's true, then they're obviously still together. I think uh, you're, they were both kind of in a state of flux at the end of the season with Quinn um, professing his love for Deb and um, talking about wanting to be a better person. Uh, so <laughs> because He's always been kind of a bit shady and a little bit questionable, a bit corrupt. So is he is he going to go the other way and and become this squeaky clean um, police officer? Yes. I, I don't know. Um, are you a big fan of Quinn, Axel?
1: Oh, a big fan of Quinn? No, I hate yeah. Him, I, I never I never <laughs> liked that character. I always thought that it was like um, I don't know, kind of one dimensional. Like even when they tried, they did try, you know, and and like kind of have the intrigue and the romance and that. I just, I don't know. I just never, it's not the actor. I think the actor is good. Um, I just never really was a big fan of that character. And I always thought that he would be a good one to go. You know, maybe even in different circumstances, mm-hmm. like kind of maybe Dexter lets him die. Like maybe not kill somebody else, but like kind of mm-hmm. uses him in some way because I don't know. I've just never been a fan of, of his character, I never think it. I never thought he really worked. Whereas even with uh, La Guerta, um, I find her. She's an annoying. Like she's one of these characters. Like she kind of has like annoying traits. But I find that because of that, I like her. You know what I mean? Like she's complex enough and interesting enough for me to care. I but the whole romance thing I don't like with her and uh, Batista because I, lo- I just love him and I think she yeah. kind of drags him down. It was kind of like a self-pity type of
4: deal. You know what I mean? Like I didn't like their whole dichotomy. But... Um, you know,
1: and
4: with, with Quinn, it seems to me it's always been like, ever since day one it was, they wanted to paint him as this sort of rogue, potentially morally questionable cop. You know, at, at first he's in there for two weeks and all of a sudden uh, the internal affairs girl is showing up and she's asking questions and, you know, it turns out she's just some old, old, you know, old girlfriend. Uh, it's like they never want to go all the way with whatever it is he's going to be. You know, if, if you're going to be a morally questionable cop and, and all that kind of stuff, then, then go with it. But at the same time, you can't pull it back and say, oh, she just got the wrong idea. And then you see him stealing money. And it's just like, oh, I do what I have to do and then he hires somebody to go after Dexter. And then at the end, he pulls back and, no, no, no I like this sister, don't do it. Um, you know, it's it's like, you know, go one way yeah. or the other. If I, I could agree. See some, if I could see some continuity from him, I'd be, ha- I'd be much more than happier than I am. But it's like every season or every few episodes, you know, he's, he's you know, giving information to Tranny's daughter, and then he's telling her she shouldn't do stuff. And it's just, it's like, you know, either go with the go with the bad boy cop with the with the the past or let it or stop you know that's just me personally but you
1: know you're listening to dissecting dexter email your feedback to dissecting dexter at gmail.com blood sometimes it sets my teeth on edge
3: A question that uh, I had sent in uh, for us to talk about is actually from our good friend Donald uh, from Potturage, formerly of uh, Donald is Lost. Uh, He was asking who we think will find out about Dexter this year. And I don't know if he was asking that a little bit tongue-in-cheek because it it seems that every season somebody finds out about Dexter and ends up dying by the end, um, with the exception of Lumen last year. Do we think that there will be a character this season that will... Find out for definite about Dexter, uh, Matt. Do you think anyone will?
4: I, I think somebody has to, doesn't they? I don't think it, it's kind of the theme every year. I mean, the first year it was the ice truck killer, and then it was the uh, the girl. The second year, the the the, the sponsor uh, girl, and even to some extent, yeah. Oaks, Um, You know, every year it's somebody. Um, I don't know if I have an odds on bet on who it would be, but I I would think this year, again, speaking to that that sort of game-changer thing, I would think this year it's probably somebody who is not new, whereas uh, Miguel was new, and Trinity was new, and and Lumen last year was new. I think that this year it's going to be, and even the girls in season two was was new to that season. Um, This year it's going to be somebody who's known, or who has been there the whole time. That's my only my only guess is at some point, somebody around him has to find out. It's just got to be a dynamic they explore at some point. That's I mean, just, yeah. you know.
3: Interesting you say that. Interesting um, you say that as, as being someone established because uh, I did read a theory today and it links in with another bit of casting um, and that's Amy Garcia who is uh, Dexter's new nanny for Harrison and she plays Petita's sister, and uh, the theory was that her being in dexter's domestic um dwelling if you like um that she may see here get sort of spidey sense for for something fishy going on and she mentions it to batista and maybe batista's the one this season that that finds out about him uh, that would be i mean that would obviously support your your speculation there matt that it'll be someone established and uh, I, I think, think of, of be... all
4: the of all the established characters, Batista may be the very best one because yeah. it, you don't have the the what would Dead think entanglement. You don't have the Masuka because he's kind of a comedy character. You don't have that sort of unbelievability. Um, Batista's always sort of there. He's a constant, but he's not somebody that you're gonna have to really ask yourself a million questions on how he deals with that because you'll kind of just take it at face value but every year it's somebody new to the series who discovers the secret so i i think at some point you got to break that mold that don't have anybody know it or have somebody who's been there the whole time
3: yeah it, it would be interesting because obviously Batista is someone very likable uh, even though he's not had much to do for the last couple of years um, He's, he's a popular character, he's well-liked, and uh, he's, um, he's just, a, just a good guy, isn't he? So it would be interesting if they make him the one that finds out about Dexter, and are kind of torn him too, because as much as we like this guy, we don't want Dexter to get rumbled, we don't want him to get stopped, if you like. So um, I think that would be good, that would be a, that would be a good storyline to, uh, to delve into. Are, are you on board with that, Axel?
1: Yeah, I think that would be really cool because in the same way with Deb, see, for me it's like, yeah, you know somebody's going to find out about him, and then it's and they always kind of lead up to it a little bit, you know? And the question is, then what are they going to do? So with with Deb you have that kind of same thing for me. Uh, My idea would be the same thing with Batista where he could kind of lie to him. You know what I mean? Like, he could tell him, he could say, yes, I am, I, I'm killing serial killers. I'm killing the bad guys. I've never killed anyone. I've never involved myself to the extent, you know, I'm a good cop like you. I don't involve myself to the extent that I'm putting anyone else in danger. um, But I take out the bad guy when the law won't do it. Because in the past, Batista has had his struggles with, you know, the kind of rule of law against the letter of the, uh, I guess the spirit of the law against the letter of the law. So I think that could be a good, I think that'd be interesting. And plus I love him. The more they can have of him in the show for me, the better. Mm-hmm. I think he's such a lovable character. The actor is so great. Um, you know, I've been, oh, I don't know if he's ever been nominated for like a supporting Emmy, but I think that he deserves one. Cause I just think that he brings to that character uh, completeness that you know is rare on television. I I could watch a spin-off, you know, like
3: he's <laughs> yeah. been in charge. Yeah. Be crazy. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean in in the early seasons we we got a bit of his backstory, we got, we got a bit of his um domestic story. Uh we we had the storyline with his his divorce in season 1. And um when the ice truck killer attacked him and and he ended up in hospital and his wife was there and he got his hopes up that um that meant she she still cared for him and and there might be a chance them to get back together uh but we discovered that he'd cheated on her and um she just couldn't get over that and and that was the end and um in that first season he was i mean, we can't condone him cheating but um at the same time we you know we'd already by the time we found that out we already liked this guy and so we kind of sympathised and felt sorry for him when, when his wife finally walked out. Um, I know there was a daughter involved. Um, so uh, yeah, be yeah, uh, that would be good. I think that um, that would take the show in a, a very interesting direction and uh, give the character something really good and solid and central um, to do. Because he's just been a peripheral, isn't
4: he? It could also satisfy that the. Not need for a person to know, but it can satisfy that little portion of uh, of the story that would say, "Hey, this this guy going to find out," you know, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it, with Batista, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a game changer. That's the thing. That's the beauty of Batista because he's not so integral to the story that that becomes the focal point of the entire show. Is the fact that Batista knows now. Uh, but it can be something that's 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 there, and it's, it's a nod to the fans. It's, it's all that kind of stuff without being the next thing. You know, one of my favorite things of any season ever, where the people kind of dog season three. But I liked the game that uh, that Dexter and Miguel played toward the end, where it was a game of gotcha. You know what I mean? And I don't think with Batista it would be that. And that's the beauty of having him know. Is it doesn't have to be this big arcing thing, but it could be a, a, a nice little recall to the story to have him know because he's not like where, to where she might turn him in or or whatever. It's not Deb where that's obviously the, the the ultimate issue. Um, so I think uh, I think that having Batista is the perfect person to be that discoverer, if you will.
3: Yeah, that that'll be good. I like that. <laughs> I'm getting excited, but I bet they don't do it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and I do want to also say that that. Was an excellent question by Donald. Thank you, Donald.
3: <laughs> <laughs> good to have his contribution. I mean, uh, he he guested on uh, on dissecting Dexter uh, almost exactly twelve months ago when uh, he and Heath joined me to preview season five. Uh, so he's not new to the show, but it's uh, good to have his input all the same. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty much out of um, bullet points to uh, to cover. I'm sorry to say, uh, although we have been going about an hour and. In about an hour and twenty minutes, or something. So, um, I guess we can start to bring things to a close. Um, is, is there anything else either of you want to cover, uh, Matt? Is there anything else you want to add?
4: Um, you know, no. I'm just, uh, I'm just excited for the season to start. I think that, uh, uh, I think that the, that the things that we've seen so far, obviously, lead to a direction that we all are a little more familiar with and a little more comfortable with in season one. Um, I think, you know, that's, again, that's the thing that hooked us all in the first place is it's that ultimate question we've had to ask ourselves a million times. How do I as a fairly normal functioning human being sit here and get so excited to root for a guy who is stabbing people and dismembering them? How do I reconcile that in myself? And I think that um, those are, those are amazing questions that a TV show can ask. You to ask yourself, I think if they get back to that, I think that's amazing I think that's a it's a fantastic way to sort of to signal to a new uh season a new and a fan base that hey we 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 want to give you what you want, and you like it dark and here you go so i'm I'm very much looking forward to it
3: yeah, yeah, I think um I think you've hit you've hit something on that there with. Probably the biggest hurdle for viewers as to whether they get into the show or not, if you can get over the fact that we're we're asked to root for a serial killer okay you know he 's he's, he's taking out killers who have escaped justice, uh, the justice system. Um, there is a big moral question there, and um, you and know, like say we're that, all,
4: we're, and he does things that on paper are are you know, things that we just can't comprehend. I remember very clearly when when uh, him and Miguel killed the guy on, on the table uh, and Miguel wanted to help him cut him up, and Dexter was like, no, no, this is this is just for me. I'm not ready to share that yet. And, and you realize he's going to cut a body up, put a yeah. body in plastic bags and dump it over his boat. <laughs> That's insanity, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm sitting here yeah. cheering for him like it's the fourth quarter, you know. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's – yeah. uh, I mean, you and I, Gareth, have talked before about how those moments of almost, I would say, psychotic behavior that he has, where those flashes—there's usually maybe one or two per season—where he just loses it and sort of, you know, goes to a whole other gear. Those are some of our very favorites, and mm-hmm. and it's and it's and it's those buttons that this show pushes that no other show does. I mean, when when he when he tells a guy very matter of factly, you know, uh, you know, look at the pictures before I cut your eyelids, I'll cut your eyelids right off your face. Yeah. Um, That's insane. And yet Mm. I couldn't be cheering harder for him to do so. So it's, it's one of the few shows that can ask that question. And when they're focused more on humanity and family life and all that kind of stuff, you don't have to ask those questions, but you know, it's, it's, to me, that's what hooked me was, You know, it was this deliciously um, dark thing that, by all accounts, I shouldn't probably think was fascinating. I mean, I know that when my son comes in the room, I make him leave, so obviously there's a part of my brain that's not thinking this is normal, Uh, but, you know, I I sit in my office sometimes and play my Dexter game on my phone, and I'm killing people. Uh, You know, it's, it's, it's that which makes this show amazing, so to bring that part of the of the of the show back I think is, is fantastic.
3: Part of the appeal of, of the character is that he certainly at the beginning and, and to a large extent throughout the series really that he's professed to be this this monster um uh kind of beyond redemption. Um but throughout we've seen as I hinted at earlier he, we've we've seen that he's he's not this 100% emotionless thing uh he he shows signs of humanity and, and increasingly throughout the series so much so that last season um in, in his vision of harry uh harry admitted um that he was wrong about dexter which is a massive thing all right you know we can, we can debate what exactly harry is i mean essentially he's part of dexter's psyche isn't he um, so he's kind of Almost <laughs> was talking to himself, talking to a part of his um subconsciousness um but the admission there that um that 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 he believes Harry was wrong about him is is huge that that right from that early stage he um you know if it if he'd not if if he'd been sent down a different path if he'd been given if he'd been given help and not kind of nurtured in the ways of of <laughs> of being a serial killer. Um his life could have turned out very differently yeah and they, and they went
4: to a and they did a fantastic job of of in season one and season two of really painting his backstory and what he had been through and and you know i I remember like it was yesterday watching season one and seeing uh you know the, the child and the, they they show the flashbacks all the time, but the the child sitting in the blood um and and you just sort of as a parent especially your mind sort of gravitates to, you know, you can almost see that scene, feel that scene, and, and you get emotional, and you think, my God, this would destroy somebody. And, yeah. and you find yourself rooting for him because of what he's been through. Um, and that's why the monster thing, you can kind of, it makes sense to you, and you go, okay, I, I can live with that. And and again, it asks, more, it, this show, more than any show really that's out there, Makes you ask moral questions of yourself that others don't. That's why I think it's so interesting when they do that, because it's it's not just about good and evil, because this is a guy who's you know literally dismembering people. It's not something that's just everyday run of the stuff. So yeah. I think it's, it's fascinating.
3: Yeah, um, I mean, I think we can all empathize with him to an extent. Um, obviously, we're not all serial killers, but you know, as individuals, there are things about. Us as individuals, that we would like to change, perhaps aspects of our character that we, you know, we we might tweak a little bit given the chance. And, and Dexter's there, and he's, we can empathise with Dexter wanting to, um, or having aspirations of um, suppressing his dark passenger.
4: You know, I think I think he, Axel mentioned it best. You know, if let's say you take Batman, okay, Batman at his core is somebody who was who was wronged by society with his parents and all that kind of stuff. And he goes on to be a uh, to be an antihero, to be a vigilante vigilante justice, and and that's something we all can support and can root for and can hope for the best for. This takes it a whole other step farther, and I think that's what's amazing about it is that you really can't see Batman putting somebody on a table with a bunch of you know plastic wrap and cutting them up. <laughs> uh, you know, much as you may want to, uh, it's not it's not there for you. So that's why this show I think is. Is if the, if they take it in season six and can get back to that that vigilante with a cause kind of uh, kind of you know dynamic, um, I think that's what you know for me as a fan, um, those are my favorite moments. And I, I hate to say that you know people getting killed are my favorite moments. That sounds incredibly weird, but I'm not gonna lie, it is. So it, it'd be interesting to see.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Axel, do you have any uh, sort of final thoughts on the show?
1: Well, I like everything that you guys were saying about it, and I I just I look forward to it. I love this show because um, Michael C. Hall is such a great actor. Oh, yeah. And the more we delved into the character of Dexter, the more I like it. So I don't think you can really do wrong with Dexter, you know, a lot of people. And to me, I'm not the type of guy who's like into um, like horror and like serial killer. Like I'm not generally, that's not like a thing that I, you know, like some people are like, yeah, John Wayne Gacy did this. And like, they really know about, I don't, I just, I love the character and I think the pacing, the show, the setting in Miami is always beautiful um i always look forward to the show i'm trying to get my wife into it she hasn't really watched it with me she and but she loves like the csi type you know murder mystery thing so i'm going to try to get her into this year i'll report back on how that goes but in general i'm looking
4: forward to it
3: excellent yeah i watch it with my wife it's one of the few shows we watch together and um it helps that she has a crush on dexter
4: my wife, my wife and I too. Uh, Sunday night appointment television. We put the kids to the bed. And it's just Sunday night with me and my wife watching Dexter. And I'm I'm like you, Axel. I don't like horror movies. Uh, I remember my wife seeing the commercial for uh, Quarantine with, uh, with Jennifer Carpenter and saying, "Oh, it's it's the girl from Dexter." And I remember seeing it was a horror movie. And I thought I'll never watch that. Not in a million years. So I, I'm the I'm the sort of the same way. I. I that uh, stuff doesn't usually occur to me to be something that's interesting to me, but this is—it's—it's it's a different dynamic, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and like, like I say, my my wife does have a, a crush on Dexter, and uh, it's funny because she won't watch Six Feet Under with me. Um, I, I don't. Did do you did you watch it, Matt? Did you watch Six Feet Under?
4: I I did not. I must admit, I, no. I I I've seen bits and pieces over the years, and kind of one of those things where I wished I would have, but I just didn't
3: at the yeah. time. Yeah, well, I've I've watched up to the end of season one so far, and I'm loving it. But um, Michael C. Hall's character in it is gay, um, and uh, it, it's he gets up to all sorts of uh, shenanigans. And uh, <laughs> uh, my wife said I can't watch this because she said should I still need to fancy Dexter? <laughs> uh, and I think it would just it would just tarnish that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's um,
1: interesting though because on on I love Six Feet Under. That's one of my all-time favorite shows. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, but exactly. he was, for a good portion of that show, you know, he was hiding. He was in the closet. And sometimes there, it's like he's coming from the same place with Dexter. Where yes. he has to
4: hide who he yes. is. Yeah. Really. Now, I have a question. Was was he a a major character on that show? or Was he sort of a second? To, I never actually knew, so I was always kind of curious.
3: He was the joint lead, wasn't he? Um, The the show's set in a funeral home and um, uh, the the patriarch of the family um, uh, is killed in the pilot and uh, leaves the business to his uh, two sons. Um, And Michael C. Hall plays David, who is the son who was already working there. Uh, And then you've got Peter Krause, who's um, the other uh, uh, brother, who um, comes back and, and... Sort of helps run the business, um, but it, it's a really great show, and, and there's loads of um, Michael C. Hall to enjoy. Uh, including mm-hmm. season one, there was a particularly funny moment when he, because um, it, it can be a bit surreal at times and kind of leap off into they sort of um, imagine strange things before their eyes. And there was one scene where uh, Michael Michael C. Hall's character uh, um, sort of fantasizes about this. <laughs> He's in this song and dance number. Um, which is quite funny to see him doing a routine and singing a song. Um, and I think I mentioned on the section Dexter last time about that. And um, or was it? No, it might have been Gareth's Waste of time, actually. Um, and saying it, it, it harked back to his his origins in showbiz and that he started out as a stage actor and, and performed in various musicals. Uh, so he does have a bit of a track record in in song and dance. Um well, so that was quite funny.
4: The- was, was it yeah. you who tweeted, Gareth, about, about him wanting to do... There was there was questions about Season 7 because he was wanting to go to New York and do a play next year. I, forgive me if I got the details yeah. wrong.
3: Yeah, he's in talks to do um, a Broadway version of Big Fish, the uh, right. Tim Burton right. film. Um, I don't know any more than that, um, whether that could fit around shooting. I don't know when the play would... Um, uh, be actually running they don't start filming do they until um, sort of late May early June um, so whether it will be a spring run I, I don't know but hopefully it won't interfere okay guys um, well, I guess we've uh, kind of exhausted our, our thoughts on uh, on where we're at with Dexter and, and what we think about season 6 I, th- I think we will definitely agree that it's going to be a very fascinating season uh, whatever happens whether Batista will be involved in a central storyline as we hope um, we shall see, but um, only a couple of weeks to go until uh, we start to find out. But I'm, Like I said again, I'm stoked and uh, I'm very grateful to the two of you for joining me tonight and um, sharing your thoughts and spending a bit of time to uh, dissect some Dexter. Axel, before we go, do you want to um, give a bit of a plug for your, your podcast?
4: Um, yes,
1: of course. Why, thank you. Uh, yes, I love a <laughs> podcast called Podtourage. You can follow us at entourage, where we talk about all types of stuff, TV, movies, life. Uh, We're on a bit of a little summer hiatus, but we'll be coming back, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be doing this other JFK kind of assassination thing. We've been thinking about doing a fall TV preview about all the uh, new shows coming out.
3: Excellent. Excellent. Look forward to that. Um, Matt, before we go, is there anything um, anything you want to add or anything you'd like to plug
4: I have nothing to plug except uh, Tataraj, which you can find on. No, uh, no I really have nothing. Uh, just a big fan of obviously of Tataraj and and Thank looking forward you. to the JFK thing and and obviously you know a big fan of Gareth and and you know this is it's it's a fantastic experience. Thank you for having me very much. I appreciate. It.
3: Thanks very much, Matt. Uh, and any listeners uh, wanting to follow you on Twitter, Matt? Your uh, Twitter, if I remember rightly, is uh, at cakes underscore UK, is that right?
4: That is correct. I'm not from England, but don't ask me how the UK thing happened, but it is good. <laughs> it is.
3: <laughs> and uh, you can find Axel on Twitter, I believe it's uh, at Waxel Foley. Okay, so um, if you want to uh Drop me an email at Dissecting Dexter. You can. The address is dissectingdexter at gmail.com. Or you can follow the show on Twitter. It's at Dissect Dexter. Or there's my personal Twitter, which is at Gareth underscore you. Uh, you can also leave me a voicemail. The UK listener line is 0844 579 6949. And you enter mailbox ID 08320. When the friendly voice prompts you, uh, there will be another US listener line. Um, I've, I've talked about that in the past about um, why that's that's come and gone. Um, it's it's on hiatus, but it will return uh, in time for season six uh, when I should of course be uh, doing one of these each week to keep up with the show as it airs. So uh, I'll, I'll advise about that in due course. But um, for now, I'll say thanks again to uh, Matt and Axel. Uh, very much appreciate you giving up uh, a bit of your evening to join me tonight. Um, and thanks to all the listeners for tuning in and listening. Uh, your support is very much appreciated. And uh, join us again soon, and we'll give sex and more Dexter. Take care. Cheers. <laughs>